Welcome to Bigfoot Starts a Business, a podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs. I'm Taylor. And I'm Trent. Let's go find Bigfoot. Let's do it. <laughs> Bigfoot is real. According to a group Bigfoot of researchers, they call themselves the Sasquatch you know, Genome noise, Project. Bro. And they From the woods, three screams, two whistles, and a knock. It was a Bigfoot with a baby. Hi, I'm Nick Brown, the owner of Nomad Grappling Club in Castle Rock, Colorado. Find us on Instagram at Nomad Grappling and on the website, www.nomadgrapplingclub.com. I, I told Taylor, I was like, listen, I've, I've like tried 100% to choke Nick, 100%, and I can't even, it's not even a thing. All, every strength, every muscle, I was like, I'm going to choke him until he passes out or taps. Let's be clear for our audience. Um, they both do, what do you both do? Well, he's a black belt in jujitsu. Yeah, there you go. I'm You're not nope. just like fighting on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome in. Now um, I instantly regret not bringing that whiskey. Yeah, I should get a little looser. Um, oh, my name is Nick Brown. I um, recently started a couple businesses that have been a long time in the works. Both I've been working on for 10 years plus. I mean, I'm an electrician by trade, and I'm also a jujitsu black belt. Um, so... It became prudent at some point to um, make a business that uh, was an outlet for the skills I'd been working on. So, you own your own electrician business? Yeah, yeah. And I how do. long? You, how long has that been going? Um, since the start of well, kind of the middle of COVID, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so yeah, relatively yeah, young. Yeah, yeah re- really young. Um, worked with a guy, the same guy since two thousand three, and I still work with him right now. So. Um, yeah, getting all my ducks in a row with insurance and all the stuff that comes along with owning a business has been interesting. But then obviously the jujitsu thing came along as an opportunity to start something with a colleague of mine, a wrestling friend, and I just jumped on that too. So now I'm doing both at the same time and probably not doing either of them very well. But I'm what do you like better? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, jujitsu is my thing. You know, electrician is a... Uh, in uh, ways, though, it's, it's kind of the same... Uh, training because yeah. under an electrician it's not like you go to electrician school right you go to a apprenticeship. apprenticeship yeah it's exactly the same and you suck and you get shocked yeah we get uh and then eventually we talk about that too me and my my old i call him my boss i'll never not be able to call him my boss even though he's not really my boss he's my co-colleague now whatever yeah um yeah that's uh it's uh, tons of parallels which is something that obviously speaks to my personality that sort of apprenticeship um and really, you know, really honing in a craft so that you have the confidence to apply it, which is, you know, that's that was that's important was important for jujitsu. Like I, I feel like it just it's um it's very easy to say things, but to do them, you actually have to have, you know, it, it, the rubber has to meet the road, and that takes time, you know, at, at, and at least both of those. So those both, you know, they mirror each other and that it, I started out really not knowing anything and just showing up and then I just kept showing up and then they kept learning and then you know, at, at some I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs like skip over that part a little bit. They just want to start their own business. They want to start sure. making money. They want to, you know, but they, yeah. they need to hone in their skills. They need <clears throat> to put in the time. People don't see that time. Well, let me just tell you this. I, I'm, I've not been excited about any podcast like this one. And the reason is because as an entrepreneur, I found, and doing jujitsu now for six months, I found so much overlap with jujitsu and being an entrepreneur and the biggest thing is ego like an entrepreneur you're like i have this great idea i want to be successful i want to succeed and then you just expect to succeed and if you fail as an entrepreneur it feels like a failure as a person like my business failed i'm not good i'm not personally didn't have the resources to do this and then maybe you'll try again but if you fail again then you're like you're down and out Jiu-jitsu, I went in there thinking that exact thing. I was like, man, I've been lifting my whole life. I'm strong. I'm athletic. I'm just going to go in there and smash. And I lost every time. I never win. I go in there <laughs> I and lose. I win sometimes, <laughs> but rarely. And and these are people that I've, I imagine myself, like I should be able to beat this person. They're 120 pounds. I'm 230 pounds. How, how could I not? And so being able to show up to an event, even though you lose all the time and still come back, is that entrepreneurial spirit. And jujitsu has tested me in that way because it's very difficult. And it's difficult not only like mentally and physically, but like emotionally difficult. Yeah, it sucks to lose. Yeah. You have to stare at the mirror a lot. You have to look at yourself in the mirror a lot when you're leaving a gym uh, and you got beat up. And I've... <laughs> 
there's so I have a black belt buddy who's a Marine and he always is like, everybody sucks at jujitsu. Everybody like, so don't feel bad about it. Like just show up. Cause it, I mean, like, cause it's pretty common that everybody that shows up is going to struggle with that almost immediately. Like, well, should I even be here? What am I doing? And I, if that's not a business, you know, I, that's what I'm dealing with right now doing my things. Like, should I even do this? Is like, am I capable of doing this? Is this something that I should even, should I broach this or should I just kind of shy away from it? And so, I'm, I'm approaching it much like I have with the other things, which is just I'm just going to show up and start saying yes to things and doing things and learning. If yeah. you stay neutral and learn, I mean, h- how can you ever be denied if you're always willing to learn? Like, I, I don't I don't see how I can ever be denied. I can I can take a lot of losses. And mm-hmm. if I'm willing to do that, then, you know, I, only only good things or let's say it is, isn't always necessarily good things. It, it <laughs> you're going you're going to get nature's course one way or the other. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are scared to let nature take its course. And, um, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's what is will be. And so that's, that's what I, uh, so I'm trying to do here with this stuff lately is just, uh, you know, and I've got some help and my wife and everything. So, you know, it's, uh, so tell us about, so just to start your neck, how'd you start jujitsu? You obviously own an awesome jujitsu school that I'm a, a part of and so grateful to be a part of, um, um yeah. Okay. So, so, how did you give, me, give us your whole? Give, I'll give you, give, we'll give, your, give you the cliff notes. Um, your got story, your life. Got some cool stories um, in relation to how I started jujitsu. But um, in a nutshell, I was as a youth. Uh, dad left early, so I kind of came from a place where. As a youth. Uh, yeah, younger. Do you say youth in youth. real life? Yeah. You'd say youth. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I think about that. Have you ever seen my cousin Vinny? No. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I've seen like, it, but I don't know it well. Do you know what I'm talking about? This. No, I have no oh idea my god! He goes to the judge. He goes. These two youths, oh. and the guy's like, youths? Yeah. 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 Youths. <laughs> youths. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's what always reminding me of youth. that. Yeah, okay, a youth. Yeah. Never um, heard you say that in real life, but yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, a, as a young child, I uh, yeah, didn't have a father in the household very much, had an older brother, and uh, just kind of kind of got into drugs and stuff when I was younger, and that was a big detour in my life, so not to get into the whole backstory, but that kind of put me in a weird spot, and then in my early 20s, basically at 20 years old, I just realized, like, I looked ahead to the future and was like, where is this going? Like, where am I going to be if I just keep acting the way I'm acting? Um, and so um, basically what happened was some guys in a basement were like, hey, you know about that jujitsu stuff? And I was like, yeah, I could, you know, I like watched videos and stuff. I was like, yeah, I know about it, sure. And I went down and trained in this basement with them. And then because I had an older brother that did judo, that was where I was saying I, I knew something about it. Because I had this older brother that did judo when I went down there, I, I was successful, like I was better than them, but just by, just by happenstance, I sucked. I was horrible. But and I just for people that don't know, judo is like throwing people. Yeah, it's 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 a, a cousin of jujitsu. Like jujitsu came from judo. It's all kind of interwoven and hard to break apart. And people argue about it all the time, but it's basically just they're related. Um, yeah. So I had had some like concept of like I had a plan more than anything. Like I, I didn't have a good plan, but it was better than them because they didn't even have a plan. So like I would just like try to do stuff, and it would. It would work um, more often than not. And then so then now they're thinking I'm like some savant at this. You know, I, it's, like, <laughs> it's like if you, <laughs> you you play the guitar or something and you learn like uh, uh, hot cross buns or like the most basic riff and they don't know how to hold a power chord, then you seem like a genius. But right. you're just, you know, you know, it's not. So I, I just uh, basically they, that made them want to get me in a tournament. Like, oh, you got to go to a tournament. You never lose against us. And I was like, all right, I'll go to this tournament. So I went to a, my first jiu-jitsu tournament without ever training jiu-jitsu formally, which was a weird thing to do. And I got there. I'm going to give you the cliff notes because this is a long story. Oh, I've we told got a lot. plenty of time. Um, yeah, I got to the tournament. Uh, I was in, the, like, the novice, the, the lowest division. And the first match I got a bye, which means that, my, my you know, in a tournament bracket, you just go to the next match. The second match, I got a guy that was like eight inches shorter than me. I'm fairly tall, so he. I just immediately did what I knew to do. Like I don't know what I'm doing, and I just grabbed the guy and I choked him. And now I'm thinking maybe I am good at this because I was terrified at the tournament. <laughs> I was scared to be there, and I like I beat the guy. And I'm like, oh, maybe I am really good now. Like it was validating. It was, it was such a roller coaster that day. This day is like burned into my soul because it was such a crazy day. Um, before I choked that kid, I left out the part where I was outside thinking of how I was going to leave and like what excuse I was going to tell everybody. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I hurt myself. I was sick. I didn't want to do it. So 
I, I was like, just go do it. It's skydiving. I always have the skydiving thing. It's skydiving. Just jump out of the plane and then you'll figure it out or you'll die. One of the two will happen. So I went <laughs> back in there. I was like, just do it. And, and the worst, or the worst best thing could happen is you'll see how the story unfolds. I choked the dude and now I'm thinking I'm good. So you have to understand terrified. Now I think I'm good and I'm validated. And then the next match, the dude has a plan and he caught me in an arm lock pretty cleanly from guard, pretty textbook. I mean, in hindsight now I know what he was doing, but at the time I didn't really have a concept of what he was setting up and he locked up my arm and put my arm all the way through, like all the way, three pops in my elbow. It went all the way backwards. Mm. Um, my arm, uh, I got wrapped up at the tournament, um, met, met a guy, like, gave me this card, like, hey, you want to learn some real jiu-jitsu, you know? It was, like, a very um, karate kid type of day for me. And uh, <laughs> Some guy that's like, hey, kid. Yeah, and <laughs> so it went from, like, I'm horrible at this, devastated, to, like, eh, over time, three or four weeks, whatever time per- period passed, I decided, oh, I'm all right. I, you know, like, that wasn't bad. That was my first try. You know, get him after him again, champ, that kind of attitude. And that's where I was at. My younger brother... Went to a steam room that he never goes to in the rec center that he never goes to. And I was living with him. And when he came back, he was like, hey, man, I talked to this guy in a steam room. And he says you should come train with him. And I was like, who? Because at this time, jujitsu wasn't popular. This is 2007, end of 2007. At the time, it was um, it was pretty rare. Like, it, you could find it in Denver, but that was pretty much it. And there was a couple legitimate places in Denver, and that was pretty much it. Um so some guy talks to your brother in the steam room. That, that guy was Curtis. <laughs> that Kurt, oh. He ran into Curtis in the steam room. Curtis oh. is my the guy who gave me my black belt, my black belt coach. Um, oh wow! The fact yeah. that the fact that he was even in Castle Rock is a crazy happenstance. Curtis was teaching at that school, and I went down there, and it changed my life. And the reason it changed my life is because it was the realest thing I had ever come across in my life. That was basically it. I got in there. I went into jujitsu into a real class with some real dudes and. It wasn't even close. The guy who thought he had some potential or was good amongst these people that trained in the basement that didn't train, that guy got whooped by people that had, like, a legitimate – it wasn't even close. Like, mm-hmm. I literally just remember, like, getting swept, not understanding what happened, getting swept again, not understand what happened, tap. Like, it would just happen, a couple moves, a couple things, and I would tap over and over again. And I probably tapped 35 times that first night because I was stupid enough to, like, keep pushing. You know what I mean? Like, you'll get out of it, it – it, Jiu-jitsu is very much like this. Like, the harder you push into a bad situation, the worse it just gets for you. Like, I, I should have just, like, been like, okay, this is, you know, I'll take a night off or whatever. But I just got whooped that first night. Mm. And I think it, like, in a in a very positive way, like, scarred my soul. Like, I was like, all right, now I have to do this. Like, yeah. It was like, I was very on the fence about it early on. You know, because I have this conversation with a lot of people being a coach. It's like, I always feel like like I'm preaching or something or like proselytizing my jiu-jitsu on people. And I really don't, and this sounds messed up, but I don't care if you do it or don't do it. Right. But what a shame it would be if it did speak to your soul and you didn't give it a chance. And here's my example. And and I, find your own jiu-jitsu. If that's not jiu-jitsu, you know, fine. But like for me, once I think it was from having an older brother that was always beating me up and holding me down and wrestling my younger brother and stuff. When, when they did, when I found jiu-jitsu, I was like, I can't even believe it. It was like a fish to water. Like, I, like what a shame that would have been if I never explored that. And I think about where I'd be right now. And so maybe it's not jujitsu. Maybe it's whatever. But, man, you got it. You got it. I don't know. I'm just so into, like, just try it. Like, well, like, it, I, try I, it. I hear what you're saying. It, yeah. fills, it fills your soul. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, 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 it absolutely fills your bucket, it, it absolutely for does. lack of a better. You got to try. Just, just, I don't think try. it fills my bucket. Really, you don't know. I, I don't know. It filled my bucket. So tell me, I'm going to switch the subject here really <laughs> cleanly and really good segue. Come to jujitsu. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so you, what was his name? Curtis? Yeah. You met Curtis and I'm, my brain is still lost on like you met Curtis, you're an electrician and now you're running a gym. Like walk me through. Okay. So yeah, um, the whole time so when I was 18, the day at like within the week I turned 18, my brother, so in the first back, a little backstory. In the trades, everybody needs help all the time. Like the trades are constantly starved for help, especially competent help. It's not hard work, but like, I mean, it can be hard work, but it's not, um, it just, it's hard to describe, but you need like gameness. You need someone willing to do it and it's hard. And so almost everybody is constantly like bringing people through. Like it's just a rotating door of people. Can you hack it is what it feels like. And so with my older brother being, he was an electrician when I was eight, when I turned 18, he's eight years older than me. So he was 26. Um, I just, he was like, yeah, I want help. I need help, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
he seems so old then. It's funny to think he was 26 now. I've never really thought about that. <laughs> it's like crazy. I'm 36 now. So that's like, that's weird. But um, anyways, so I, I got into it and I just made a little bit better money than I would have somewhere else. Not a lot, but maybe just like $2 an hour more. And that was enough for a while. And then, and the, so 2003 was roughly that when I graduated high school, 18-ish. Um, I did leave that for another story. But yeah. In that next five years, I ended up being able to command a little bit more money than I would if I worked at Starbucks or something. So um, it kept me in it, and I always, like, never – it was just what I was doing, not what I was going to do. I, you know, I always was like, I'm going to do something else. A and means to an end? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's It definitely was just um, something to do that made a little more than, than I, I, you know, thought I could get elsewhere. And um, so it took me – a lot of and, and through jujitsu helped with this um, because it kind of all happened at the same time because they they were going concurrently. Um, I found jujitsu maybe five or six years after I started being an electrician, and by that time I'm I'm a fairly competent electrician. Like um, I'm a journeyman level electrician, which means like I know how things are laid out in most electrical systems, and I you know like the, most things don't bother me. Um, and so um, as I as I kind of got to that level I started to kind of think I need to kind of shit or get off the pot with this thing like I need to either take it seriously like it's really my career right. or I need to find another career because um, I had gone to college um, and was just being an electrician in the summers for like two and a half years and I had a counselor that was like um why are you here that's basically <laughs> what they said uh, she was like she was like well I took like a Myers-Briggs and then I did all this nonsense like not nonsense but just all this fluffy stuff and we talked about what did all the this fluffy cr- stuff tell you that you should be. Yeah. She just told uh, well, she didn't tell me what to be. She just said, it doesn't seem like you, you should didn't be get here. an answer. No, she just all that stuff in college. What and did I, I should have, they told me I should have been a flight attendant. Yeah. And maybe a flight attendant. Yeah. Maybe she that mentioned your something. Thing. That's the result I got. Yeah. I'm not saying it. she didn't. I just don't remember if she did or we ever got to it. It never stuck right. with me if she did, but, um, just kind of was just kind of like, why are you here? Was the gist of it. Like, like, and then she was like getting into like, what else, well, what else do you do? And I'm like, well, I just started jujitsu. I was like week one and a half, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And and she's like, well, why don't you explore that? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I'm just you know, like, explore that. Okay. I'll explore that. And she's like, and, and I was telling her, you know, I, I'm an electrician in the summers. Cause that's kind of what it was is I was going back. I went to, I never graduated. So I first had to get my GED. It's a long story. I spent a lot of time doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And then when I finally got my shit together, I got my GED. Then I went to junior college. Then I went to CSU. Um, and this is where I was when she told me, why are you, why are you here, essentially? <laughs> and it's funny, though, because my buddy, um, my roommate, best friend through my whole life, basically, he got the degree that I was there for because I was pre-business. Um, and That's what you went to school for, business? Yeah, pre-bi- okay. that's what I was pre-business. Okay, pre-business. That, that's yeah. where I was going. Um, okay. Yeah, so. So this is just the epitome of. Like you had an academic route, but you decided, well, I really like jujitsu. I jiu-jitsu. didn't really have an academic route. I just felt like I sh- that's what I should be doing, got and it. that was a weird that's what, thing. That's what everyone else is doing, so right. I, I yeah. got to go do that. It was, it was, I, know, I think a lot of it, in hindsight, was my younger brother was two years behind me and kind of like when he would do something, i go, well, no, he can't go. You know, if he's going to – so we went to junior college together up at, in, in Sterling, and then we went to CSU – or I went to CSU and he went to Mesa, but we kind of went – we were – I was only doing it on his timeline. Like I had that two year lapse of doing a lot of drugs and not, not participating in society very well. Mm. So it was just like a, a, like a reckoning of like what, just looking ahead, like I said, and trying to think like, where is my life going to be? So anyways. Um, so in I, order to support your jujitsu life, you are a electrician. Yeah. I'm a master electrician. No, no. I mean, technically not now. Oh, then. then no. I mean, it wasn't to support anything. It was just to live. Like I just was, like I just paid the bills. Money. Yeah. And I, the jujitsu thing was crazy. Cause there was a time I went down and told Curtis, like, I can't pay for this anymore. I just can't. I literally was so broke. I could not pay for it. I, I drove like a broke ass Subaru. I lived in this like tiny little apartment. I like, it was like, I do not have any money. And, and times got tough for the trades from like 2008 to 2000 kind of 11, something like that. Like that time that when the economy crashed, it killed. And I had to go do different stuff to just try and find a job. And I'm glad I did because it helped in the long run. But, you know, so anyways, what what was Curtis's um, feet when you told him, I really like training, but I can't pay for it. What what did he say? He just said, hey, man, just keep coming. Just keep coming. He was very like uh, coy about it. He didn't he he almost like didn't want the other people to hear or anything. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, just keep coming. 
just kick him in the eye. I just I feel like they don't do that in like Taekwondo. The guy would be like, "Well, if you can't pay, uh, yeah. how are you going to do Taekwondo?" Well, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you knew Curtis, it, w- it would seem it, you know Curtis was not you know. Business, but I've seen you do that to people too. Yeah, I've seen you do it. This it's exact very, same it's thing. It's very pay it forward. I, yeah. I like. Um, but you tell me in Taekwondo, you think they do that? No, they don't. <laughs> what about I, karate? And, yeah, and I mean, they I, make you pay, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with making people pay. I don't have any problem they got bills with to pay. contracts yeah, and making you know making deals with people and honoring those deals and everything. But man, it it changed my life that he he allowed me to uh, keep training because I like I said I it it massively affected the course of my life for sure. Like um, it's I mean just in every way. I, I've thought about it so much. And I don't want to get too sappy or whatever, but it just completely changed. I if I have an honest look at where I thought my life would go if I as fair as I possibly can be I I think I just I honestly might be dead for real like and that's that's messed up but it's the truth and um so I mean I can't so jujitsu saved your life it's I hate that I hate it so much (laughs) why do you you hate that I don't know everyone kind of does that like I you know jujitsu and and it's because it helps us all well nobody's saying that about like pottery well you see it on the back you see (laughs) it on the back of car like cars and i'm not knocking it it's true it's the reason people say it's because it's largely true i'm sure it does help people it helped mine but i just don't want to get too sentimental about it nick i'm sure you know this i'm gonna say publicly it's gonna go on i'm a huge fan of yours thanks i was a huge fan from the time i met you that's awkward whether you know it or not i consider (laughs) you a mentor to me i think like, okay, Nick told me this and what you text me or what you write to me or what we've talked about while we're rolling, I think like, okay, like I'm going to apply this to my life. And the conversations that we've had and the time that I spend at your club has really changed my life. Good. So good. Thank you. Now I met Nick a couple years before I even started jujitsu. He was at a different club and he was the, a a professor there, a teacher there, and coaching there, yeah. he was coaching there. And I went to a couple classes, and I rolled against some guy that I thought I could beat, and he like really choked me hard. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not is this doing me. No, no, oh, sorry, <laughs> no, no. You kept getting familiar. me in a triangle choke. That was like your thing. Uh, yeah, I, like yeah. every single time, triangle choke. Yeah. You were like into that for I think a period of time. Half my half your life, life. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And then I said, I was asking Nick, do you own this club? He's like, no, I'm just a coach here. I was like, do you have like a, a YouTube channel or an Instagram channel? Like, you are the, you are the feature of this club. What happens if you leave? So I went to go tell my wife. I was like, look, I got beat by this guy, but I don't want to sign a year contract because Nick could leave, and if he leaves, he's the show. And I already told him. I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I was like, dude, you need to open up your own shop. You need to get on Instagram. You need to get on YouTube. People are going to see you because. Out of all the places that I've been, I this is the guy. So anyways, I never showed back up again. I was too scared. A <laughs> couple years later, I was trying to get back into jiu-jitsu. I called the studio back up, and I said, hey, is Nick there? They said, no, he left. So I was so like, I was like, oh, okay, he left. So I was like, okay, well, I got this whole family, and I want to sign up. But I really wanted Nick to be there. And they're like, he's just moved on to other things, but we'll give you a discount. <laughs> We'll give you like 25% off. <laughs> Please come down here, right. you know, sign up for our email list, yada, yada. My neighbor across the street, I saw him leave his house in a gi. And I was like, hey, where are you going? He's like, well, um, my dad's taking me to jujitsu. And I was like, oh, where do you go? And he's like, well, I used to go to this other place, but now I go to Nomad. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, well, one of the coaches from there. And I was like, is it Nick? And the guy was like, I'm not supposed to say. Because I think you were just setting up at this time. Yeah, I wasn't. I was trying to. I didn't even know it was going to we work. were even going to do it, really, honestly. I didn't. So I go to his parents. I was like, hey, if it's Nick, I need his number. And she's like, I don't know if I can give it to you. I was like, look, I told her this whole story. Like, I need to follow this guy. So he gave me his, she gave me his number. I texted Nick. And I was, he's like, yeah, come on down. And that was it. And I, was, I, I sent him this long paragraph about how that even three days changed my, my mindset. Jeez. And yeah. so then... So now you we'll put you on the story. now we'll put you on the cl- path to your club. What a like a cool parallel. Yeah, I followed meeting it. a guy in a steam room. Yeah, <laughs> your neighbor across the street. That's crazy. Happenstance. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. Yeah. It blows my mind. I, it's if I, we could get into religion another time or belief in what we're all doing here, but it's uh, it's crazy how things work out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Now you're in a podcast studio with me. Yeah. Now we're sitting here talking. So. Denver. Okay. So so yes to Taylor's question. So yes. walk us through this. So. 
you don't have to say what happened at that other place, but how did you emerge to your own club? Well, it, it, honestly, it's about relationships. That's why I, I started a club. Um, I met a guy um, when I was a blue belt at my first club, first team with Curtis, and this guy, another one of these stories I tell a lot, I'll keep this one even shorter. Um, we we went to a fight that night, me and Curtis, a local MMA fight. And um, we never really did, but for whatever reason, it was in Castle Rock, so we went to go see it, and just kind of whatever. What belt are you at this time? I'm a blue belt. Okay. And um, Is that good? How I Not good or bad. How high is that? Teena- teenager. If a black belt's like an, a wise old man, quote unquote, yeah. Yeah, blue belt's so a blue teenager. belt's like in the middle it's, somewhere. It's, or it's just below the, the middle. It's white, yeah. blue, purple, two and brown. A half, two and a half years, oh, two oh, years oh, experience. Yeah. Some people white, quicker, blue. some people, yeah. Okay, got it. The white, second blue, one. purple, brown, black. For um, the record, I'm a white belt. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, we, we went to the, well, we didn't go. Curtis ended up going and I ended up not going. And the reason I didn't go is because my friends wanted to go out. So I went out with my friends and I never liked going out because it always turned into something. Everyone had to be like, he's training in jujitsu. And then it always was a thing. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. And I certainly, and I never have gotten a fight because of it. I've had some mess arounds with people that wanted to see if I was really training or not. I don't How know. How do you mean? Like attempting to tackle me in the oh, no. hallway towards the bathrooms because like he, for fun, a guy like, I was aware of, no, I wouldn't even call him a friend, just a person, person I know. He was like, I just had to know, man. I just had to know. And I just and? held him down and was like, yeah, I held him down. Wow. Like, figured yeah, it out pretty exactly quick, like, I hope. <laughs> yeah, it was, he wasn't trying to hurt me. He was just trying to get the best of me. Anyway, anyways. Um, so uh, I went out with my friends, and Curtis went to this fight. And the fight was a little earlier, and the and by the, you know, the medium, 11.30-ish in, at the night, um, there was a guy sitting at the bar that had been at the fights. But I don't talk, much like the steam room thing, I don't just talk to random people. I'm like, I'm just not social in that way. I'm not, you, I'm not likely to st- spark up conversation randomly. I don't have any problem with it, but I just wouldn't really do it. Um, but I was sitting next to this dude at the bar, and I sat there long enough waiting for my drink that I was like, I was looking at him, and I was like, why are his ears like that? And now since I train, <laughs> I know that grapplers get ears like that. But I was like, why? Do you know what ears he's talking about? You've told me once, but help me remember because I I don't remember. It's called cauliflower ear. What happens to your ear when it gets basically smushed a bunch is that it builds up these pockets of pus, basically, and that pus calcifies, and it becomes these lumps, and your ear becomes lumpy. It's ugly. It looks really bad. I don't know. So cauliflower ear is super common for wrestlers. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah. people who grapple. People who grapple. and. (laughs) Learned a new term today, so <laughs> using it. So, uh, so this guy, um, I, I was just like, I didn't know what to say. So I was like, hey, man, why are your ears like that? He probably thought I was hitting on him or something. Like, hey, man, why are your ears like that? And he was like, oh, I used to wrestle. And a lot of people used to wrestle. So I'm like, oh, hey, where would you wrestle? Like, I'm assuming you're a collegiate wrestler, which is enough for a conversation for me. I'm interested. I, I don't wrestle, but I'm trying to just like, I, you know, I, I do jujitsu. That's related. Let's talk about it. You know, it's better than, you know, I'm not super big drink or anything. So. I'm just mostly there to hang out with my friends anyways, and I'm kind of bored or whatever. I'm not drunk or anything. I'm just talking. And uh, so I was like, he said he used to wrestle, and he said Sydney. And I was like, Sydney, like Sydney, Nebraska. There's like, it was probably like University of Nebraska, Sydney or something. You know, like that's what my mind's thinking. But he's being coy about it. And I was like, and in hindsight, it's just Kevin being a, being Kevin. But, yeah. um, he was uh, – it. He meant Sydney, the Olympics. He's an Olympic Greco-Roman wrestler Whoa. and a really, really good one. Um, like, And I'll, I'll dovetail this into the next little story. So you, there's a lot of things, stories I have about Kevin now, a lot of them, because he's a very interesting human being. But I will say that the, the one thing that you need to know about his wrestling credentials is that when my coach Curtis got invited to the OTC, the Olympic Training Center in uh, Colorado Springs, to watch a Greco practice with Kevin as a Kevin's coaching, like guest coaching there, um, he took Kevin's coach to the side. Kevin's coach was named Momir, and he said, "Hey, Momir, what's this? What's the deal with Kevin? Like, what? What is this guy? Like, what? he's like Kevin was the best. He like legitimately said he was the best, and they wasn't the guy who minced words. He's a wrestling coach, and those mm. guys don't mince words. They're very straightforward people. So." Anyways, really, really talented, but also really hardworking, tough, tough, tough person. And I just randomly started talking to him. And as we got to talking, I was like, oh, hey. He was like, yeah, I went to those fights earlier. And I was like, oh, you did? And he uh, he was like, 
yeah, this guy gave me this card. Is this the jujitsu gym you go to? I was like, yeah, that is. Mm. He, he was talking to Curtis. Curtis and him ran into each other oh, at, the, at the fights I never went to. So it was like all kismet. It all it was like a, a, a weird alignment. I just never – I realized the value of my relationship with Kevin as far as personal growth. I just, I just realized that early that this – relationship should be fostered not shunned upon or looked like oh there's another guy like i looked at him as some like unique um i don't know character or something that i i I wanted to like be around and and learn from because i just figured like wow man what what a resource what like what a guy and and he ended up just being a cool guy too i mean there's so many things now like so as an entrepreneur finding or as an entrepreneur or practitioner of jujitsu finding people who are mentors who (sighs) Who have the education and knowledge. What else is there, yeah, man? What, else is, what there? else is there? Find people that uh, find people of significant value, whatever that means to you, and ho- foster those relationships. And if you're not doing that, then I don't know. And, and I guess everyone's trying to get something different out of everything, so it's hard to say. But, man, relationships. Relationships are everything. You know, mm-hmm. meeting these people. You, you said something to me that stuck with me and when we were driving down to the Springs uh, about other people being NPCs, like non-player yeah. characters. And I recognizing when people aren't NPCs is massive. And I, I don't know if we want to get into that or whatever, but do you know what that means? NPC, you said non-player characters. Yeah. It's like, I guess I don't know what that means in a video. Go ahead. It's your your theory. theory. (laughs) In a video game, there's people that um, are part of the game that need to have a name. Like they're a person that is irrelevant to the game. And then there's other people just walking around randomly. Like in the movie Free Guy just came out. It's about those random people, I think. I haven't seen it, but mm. it looks like what it's about. Yeah. Like just the randos, like the people that just kind of are bots like, that walk around. They have, like if you go to buy, you go, you're a character in a video game, right. and you go to uh, buy a, a piece of fruit from the store, and the store clerk only has six or seven different lines that he could say. And it's a loop and every it's time a loop. you go back. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. sometimes in your life you meet people that are like, okay, this is just the looped person. Like you're just a product of what you've seen in a projection, a voice box for other people's experiences, but you aren't yourself unique. That version of them. And the way I look at it is like, you're getting different, like some people can be an NPC to some people, but obviously they're main characters to other people, but just your NPCs. And so finding out who your NPCs are, or more importantly, finding out who your PCs are, who your player characters are, who the people are that are going to, influence your life and harboring those relationships. I mean, like, I mean, that's life in a nutshell. You better be doing that or you are missing out. Cause yeah, that I want to, I want to check in on that because you said two things now that I've, have, I'm going to leave this room with and probably more, but willing to learn. You said that when you first started, yeah. just willing to learn, willing to pick up new skills and put in the work rubber meets the road. And then now this, who are your PCs, right? Yeah. Player characters yeah. in your life. Who are, who are the people that, um, I don't know. I don't know. I've broke this thought down too much, but who are the people that in, in 10 years you are going to have spent a lot of time with? I mean, that's massive. Obviously your family's easy to know your friends. That's easy. Everybody's looking for something, right? I mean, everybody. Well, we talked about that too. Everyone we talked about in sales or in, in whatever you're doing, it's what's in it for me. What's in it for me. What's in it for me. Sure. Everyone's yeah. looking for that. Sure. And that's, that is the weird thing about jujitsu, especially Nick's place is that we were just talking about this, like this alpha male bravado that wants to dominate and smash. And if you get somebody that doesn't know anything and they're just smashing you, you're like, what is this? But when you're like a good practitioner of jujitsu and especially Nick, it's like, yes, he'll win, but he'll show you why he won. You get to peer behind the curtain. It's not, to. Yes, you do. You do I'm a great job. Trying to. It's not just, it's not just like, this is how you do it. It's like, this is the effort behind it. And then when you, like like all entrepreneurs, everybody struggles. And if you meet somebody else who's struck, like you meet another entrepreneur and they go like, yeah, it's tough. See ya. Or you meet an entrepreneur that's like, hey, explain to me how you're feeling. Explain to me what the issues are. Let's work it through it together. Because it doesn't make any sense to have a jujitsu studio with one black belt and a bunch of white belts. And the black belt is just dominating the white belt. Nick's goal is to bring everybody up. And for good studios, I think, right, that's the goal. You want everybody and up. It, and it comes from, you know, maybe a little bit of altruism, but also a place of selfishness. It's all together. It's all, you know, like, I I want you guys to be better for yourselves, but I also want you to be better because a better room makes more attractive, more people want to train at a better room. The right types of people want to train at a better room. Yeah. 
I get better when the room gets better. You get better. A high tide really does raise all boats. And I'm committed in a way that's like past like my own rational thoughts, which is a weird, that's, and that, I, and that that's what through. I mean. Find that for you, whatever that is. It's probably but not rolling. It probably comes through your, your business as well. Cause yeah. like, I think we've talked about this before around like, this is a terrible way to say it, but balancing that, what fills your bucket, your passion with monetizing yeah. the business, the, you know, and what you just said is, is the value. That, that is the struggle. That is the struggle. <laughs> and, and admittedly, a hundred percent, admittedly, I, I'm here to learn mostly in that department or, or to explore what, to what degree I'm comfortable monetizing what I'm doing because right. it, the, like the, the part of me that loves this also feels and in, in some way, I'm just putting it into words, like I'm selling out or that I'm trying to gain in a way that, and it, these, and these thoughts aren't necessarily rational or, or like, like, right. But I just like what, what I'm trying to say, like what's in my heart, what I struggle with. So I feel like by trying to gain, it somehow cheapens what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, but, but bills must be paid and there's a room that needs to happen or it doesn't all happen. And, and it's, it's a, you know, wow, it's, it's a balance. So it's not, you don't want to be like that preacher that has that well, jet. What's yeah, that guy's yeah, yeah. Name? yeah. No kidding. You know I'm talking about, like, I know so who exactly. Who yeah. He's about. capitalizing on other people's beliefs. Well, yeah, what but, you just said, if we go back, Nick, to what you just said around, like you, the room gets better. All boats. What did you say the, about a the high, high tide? tide someone said that to boats. me. Yeah. High yeah. tide raises all boats. Raises all boats. So you're providing a value, not only for yourself, yeah, for Trent, Trying for to, your community, for, sure. for the gym, for everyone. Yeah. That is Hopefully worth anyone something. I cross gym. I when people to. are injured, they come to the gym. Yeah. They sit down that. and they sit down on the tire and then they have their spots they just come and in, you man. talk to them on the thing and they watch other people roll. I mean, that is the most amazing, uh, aspect of this is the first time I'm like really even hearing this story is that everything that he reveres of Curtis is everything that everybody in the gym reveres about Nick. Well, I, I, that, I mean, this is, that is, forward that is apprenticeship, man. That is, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. what you're trying that's to so do. Cool. Um, you know, I hope that there's value for anybody that came across me that at least they had a spot they felt like they could come. And even if you got no better at jujitsu or whatever, I, that would be lame, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would want you to be better. Yeah. But I, I hope that you feel like there's a place, man, like a place for you. Cause a, a place, if somebody just has a place, what an effect that can change on their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have what? Sorry. Were you no, gonna... I was going to say now on the business. Yeah. I think we were going to the same place of jujitsu. Yeah. So you got the skill you meet, Curtis is your guy. He gives you your black belt. Mm-hmm. Now you're working at this other school. You leave. You got Kevin in your back pocket. How do you, I know that you visited this building once when you were a kid. Tell us about everything that has to do with the actual business of buying the building. Yeah, it was a business, going business there, move yeah. um, to buy the building. We Bigfoot Starts a Business podcast is brought to you by Medigy, the ultimate SME marketing platform. Metagy's marketing insights help you create high quality content and a strategy that gets engagement, conversions, and grows your audience online, helping the small business grow. Um, well, me and my wife were looking for different places that I could operate some sort of club out of, whether it was operate out of a school in their wrestling room or, you know, because um, like... For me to operate the type of club I was interested in operating, at least early on, we we were going to need to have something with no overhead or low overhead because we didn't have any students really, and it, it's just hard to grow. And you know, I wasn't going to go out and charge people what I thought was un, like unreasonable or like you know, I was gonna I was gonna come at it from a different way. Like I was trying to be some sort of alternative for right or for wrong. And um, then Kevin called me and was like, "Hey man, I found a place where we can operate out of," and I was like, "Oh yeah." And I didn't believe him because Kevin says a lot of stuff. He's not a liar, but he just like says stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, we'll believe, I'll believe it when I see it. And um, and uh, he was right. He found like a place. Kevin's on town council, and he found this little like building that was weirdly zoned. It was zoned commercially, but it was mostly residential, and it had like a shop on it, a big detached like attached, but. Um, like could be as a separate shop, you know, like it's not close to the residence and there's like a, uh, like offices kind of in the middle. So it, it, it was like a weird, like, how are we going to make this work? And he's like, well, we'll, we'll wrestle out of here and we'll lease all the rest of this out. Like we'll get tenants in the there 
And, uh, and it was like, okay, then it's just about the startup capital. So how much do I need to give you for, to make this work? And then uh, me and my wife figured out how, how to get our part of it. And then me and three other guys, we invested in the building itself. And then that once we worked on the building enough and made it leasable in the other areas, um, and that became more or less cash neutral, then we could essentially train for free. It's not perfectly free, but it, it's, uh, you know, peanuts, Did you use peanuts. your skills as an electrician course, and yeah. a carpenter? I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the resident blue-collar guy. So okay, there you go. Kevin's the... the yeah, that's, that's awesome. the way to do it, 100%. You need, you need to have different... I mean, if you're building any kind of team to do anything, you're going to have to have a wide array of skills. If you're all kind of the same, then it's just more of you. And that's not, you know, for instance, Kevin's very... He has lots of skills besides wrestling. He's obviously that. But he's uh, if I had to give him his what he brings to the table, he's very good at glad handing and talking to people and he always knows a guy. So he just know he networks. Because he's on town council, he's very like connected to where we're trying to work. And uh, hopefully what I bring is um, a jujitsu coach, but what I'm trying to bring is I'm blue collar. I know mechanical stuff fairly well because I've done it for a long time. So I try and fix things and help things work. And we did, a t I mean, a countless work to that building to even make this all work. And then Andrew, Andrew's a, he's a real estate agent. He's just like very administrative. So he's good mm. at like handling the books for us. And yeah. we, we have to take minutes at our meetings and things to make it all above the board, the LLC. So that, so technically the, the other business is first rank LLC is a property investment thing. Then the other two businesses are just, you know, me extending what I do um, to, to other people who are interested. So that's do you know the going. interesting thing about entrepreneurs that we talk about is it's like a campfire. Everybody just brings their skills, especially during a startup. You better. Yeah. <laughs> or you're not going to have a very good campsite. So yeah, horrible. no kidding. Someone's so, got to build that tent. So you have this, now you have this building. I think it's a nice building. You've created a really good space. I'll vouch for it. Um, then you have, good like, enough. what is your customer acquisition like? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm. That's me exposing my weakness. I yeah. that. It's well, not. It's it's. You know what it is is because, or at least why I think I've approached it with this way is because in and who knows if this would work on the long term. I really don't know. I don't really have the time or to let it see it play out that way. But in the trades, you're never not with work because you're always in demand. Because if you do good work. People just tell people it's you're tell, you're saying no more than anything like sorry I can't get to it sorry I can't get to it uh, not right now that kind of thing so I, I maybe I just took that mentality like well if I just do the right thing then you know people trickle in but people don't know about it they're not coming so you know I, and that doesn't even necessarily bother me all that much I, like I said the overhead's so low I can just do whatever I want and train in there and but the problem is I'm shorting the students they need more people to train with and so um, you know. You need people to train. You don't need a ton, but you need you need five or six guys that are uh, consistently there. <laughs> you know? I first want to say, like, I don't think you're alone in the whole like customer acquisition and struggling with that, and that being that being one of the one of the pieces of the puzzle. Um, so, what are you doing now? What? How are you getting current students, current people coming into the? Trent shamed me, so <laughs> <laughs> I told. Uh, yeah. I got on Google Ads. I finished the website and uh, been nice. posting on Facebook and and. And like, and I, you I'm, I'm podcasting pictures. now to tell yes. people, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to make it more of a established thing. So, uh, you know, before it was more just kind of, um, we're just going to do this while we're, while we own this building and do whatever we want. But now it's like it, to, to respect my students and the people that I come in contact with there. Um, I'm going to try and bring as, as many as reasonably fit in there. And again, I'm super picky because it's such a culture thing. It's such like a, like not just anybody do I, do I think should be in any room. Like everybody gets a spot where they can fit in somewhere, but not, that's not for everybody everywhere. You know, it like I, it's definitely a place where anybody can come in and train, but I don't, I want the autonomy to, to trim the hedge and keep it, in a, in a way that it doesn't turn into what I've seen at other places. Like I'm very um, sensitive to other gyms for good or for bad. And I, there's gyms I like a lot, like like places that I, I, I consider friends, but still have things that I don't want to be or, or to take part in. Um, and like you're going to clean the mat, for example. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and clean my mats. You know? That's uh, it's, it's, you know, figuring out 
the problem with doing stuff that's a genuine passion or, a, or like that's a passion project is that it, it, you feel like if it fails, then what does that mean? You know, that's like a weird, it's a weird extension of yourself. It's like loving you. You're putting yourself out there in a way that's so much more vulnerable. And so, um, you know, if it was just a money generation thing, then I could be a little dead to it, I think, you know, but I, I, I'm very guarded about jujitsu. I'm guarded like people are guarded about like where they live or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's important to me in a way that I can't risk it, but I'm trying to come out of my comfort zone and realize there's a medium of, and I'm trying to learn in this space, like how to get people in the door, find the right people, hook up with people because what I had to tell myself was, and that I wasn't telling myself for a little while was there are maybe people out in Castle Rock that would like to do what you're doing there or take part. And they, you know, like there's great people out there, but you just, there's no connection. So right. now I'm trying to figure out, let's make a connection. Let's, let's make a chance for everyone. If, if they are the right fit, if they are that fish, how can they get in my stream? You let's know? go have a conversation in a steam room. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, steam see, that's how chats, conversations yeah. used to take place. Evidently, but now, like we've always been saying, it's all about digital marketing and your customers are at their house working from home during COVID and they are, um, you know, well, yeah, it's interesting. How do you, everything that you just said about the community, the, the, and how do you create the I'm value? Sorry, yeah, sorry. No, no, sorry, cut you off. But how do you create content that protects something that's sacred to That's net, where I was going was, yeah. But also casting a wide net where you have to have a stream of people come through yeah. because I know exactly what he's saying. Like even in our work, like we, we want a culture that is like supportive and um, nurturing and, you know, you don't want to be feeling threatened especially when you're in vulnerable positions, like people's legs around your neck or your arm in between somebody's legs where they could snap it, you know? Right. You, you want to feel protected and safe. So how do you get the message of comfort and safety, but also cast a wide enough net where you have to have people come in and try it? Yeah, balance, man. It's funny how it's all, I mean, balance is a very central theme of jujitsu in general, like balancing pressure versus softness, like, it's, it's so much like I always use the handshake analogy, like in jujitsu, like you're trying to find a good handshake in all these positions, which is don't crush them, but don't let them crush you either. And, you know, find some respect in there somewhere. There's a lot happening. And yeah, that's interesting. For your marketing material, I see you, a big guy. How much you weigh? Like 230, 240? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 240, <laughs> 240, thank you. Yeah, okay, I don't know. No, two, 270. All right, 270 on like a delicate lily pad floating in the river. That's what I, that's my, that's the image I have of you. <laughs> um, yeah, would you no. say, has Trent told you the, like the Bigfoot story, why we're calling it Bigfoot mm -mm. starts a business? No. So, so you, I'm going to do my best. Trent usually tells a story. Okay, wait, so. wait, wait, wait. Let's tell a story. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you're driving, Jesus Christ. you're driving down the road, right? It's late at night. We don't know really know where you're going. You have a destination in mind, but you see kind of a figure out in the distance and you're trying to make it out as you get closer and closer and closer. And then boom, you, you see the figure and it's Bigfoot. Bigfoot is staring at you. You're staring right back at Bigfoot. And in the back of your head, you're thinking, who's going to, how, how am I even going to tell people that I'm seeing Bigfoot right now? Like, what am I even going to say to people? You guys have your exchange with Bigfoot. You get back in your car and you drive. You have another two hours in your drive, and that's all you're thinking about. How am I going to tell people about Bigfoot? Who's going to believe me? Do I even tell people about Bigfoot? And we feel like this is a lot of what entrepreneurs feel. Like yeah. you have this idea to start a start a gym. It, that's your seeing Bigfoot moment. Your Bigfoot moment of okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start telling people about my gym. I'm gonna start telling people about this idea. So, is that your Bigfoot moment to start a gym? And and why? Why did you start a gym? Yeah. Um. I, I think you tell that story really good. Did I, I usually okay? tell did that story. Okay? Yeah. But yeah, you did a good job with that. Tried to paint the world. You, you know? did paint it. You were like more, yeah, less anyway, Jewish yeah. than I am about it. <laughs> Whoa. What is that supposed to be? It just means when I tell the story, it's more complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Bigfoot. I saw Bigfoot. Now what? <laughs> you should be so lucky. Yeah, um, you, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it is. I think, I think it is because it's the, it's the fear that I, I, I carry about exposing myself to these crazy notions or these, you know, I, I definitely identify with that. Like it, for me, the, the crux of me doing it is honestly just paying it forward or not letting the torch in which I carry die. Cause what a shame to, 
be in a lineage and then just no longer hand that to somebody else. It doesn't have to be to many people, but I got to light some other people's torches. And I, I feel an obligation to do that. And, um, yeah, I, I think it, it, I do feel very exposed, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to it. The more I, you know, I can do everything with enough comfort and enough time. And, you know, if I'm just fair, if I'm fair to people and, and I, I don't have any unrealistic expectations, I think that, you know, it, everything works out the way it should or it has so far in my life. Um, uh, once I cut the shit, when I was like 20 and I, I had some personal shit and I just, I just like, cut the shit, man. Just just stop. Leave all that. Just, just you know, play things face value. Quit trying to like angle for something. Don't make an angle. Just just do and, and see where it gets you. You know, and it's changed. You know, I, I worked with um, at my previous position. I worked with an entrepreneur and he was very successful. He sold a company and, you know, he did all these things. And he I struggled with that, too. I I took a it was my very first business trip and I was I was younger and I was trying to, you know, work with a client, get him getting them to use our product and everything. And I was like, what if I we spent so much money on this business trip? What if I don't do it? What if it's not successful? What if they come back and say, like, I, you know, I was freaking out, was worrying about all this stuff. And he said, Taylor do good work. And whatever happens after that, as long as you can stand by your good work, that's what's going to happen. Sleep. And I changed my whole life. <clears throat> Sleep like a baby at night. If, you if just you're doing what you believe stand in. Stand by what you do. That's it. What I mean, what else can Love you that. do? You know, it's, it's simple. It's, I always go back to jujitsu. I knew we'd have 300 jujitsu analogies in this conversation, but well. it, it's like, it's simple. <laughs> I didn't know that. So this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, the complexity within simple ideas, you know, you, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like put pressure on somebody. They'll eventually show their back and then you'll squeeze their neck. That's a pretty straightforward thing. But then within that simple thing is a giant tangled complex web of unraveling, you know, like it's crazy. Like I, you see all these parallels in life. Like I'm a very analogous person. I was accused of this before I was anything with jujitsu. Like Nick, you're always speaking in analogies. And I think it's because I grew up with my, best friend Dave and we would just sit and talk and we go that's kind of like that's mm. kind of like and we would just talk like that like oh you know what that's like that you know and we just that's how we would have conversations and I only realized later that not everybody <laughs> approaches life that way but I am that way like I'm always looking for okay this well that's like this and it's like my attempt to understand the world around me and um, so jujitsu became like this thing that everyone jokes all my friends joke like oh here come the jujitsu analogies here we go again my favorite one of his is uh He's like, look, Trent, uh, I, I was trying to find like a style of jujitsu that I liked because I'm a bigger guy too. And I, she's like, I was trying to do like these spinny things. He's like, you're Hulk. Don't try and be Spider-Man. <laughs> be Hulk. Yeah. If you're going to smash, Did smash. Did it make sense gonna, for you though? Yeah, of course. That's what I was about to say. Like, I think people that speak in analogies are such amazing communicators yeah. because they help me understand exactly what they mean. I'm, I'm not sure. guessing what they mean. Right. You're trying I'm, to. And yeah. it's representative of how I felt in that moment. I was trying to be like Spider-Man. This guy who was choking me was like doing all these flips and he's flipping his legs around. And I can't even get my leg up anywhere. He's like, that's not your, don't, that's not your thing. Don't feel an obligation to be or say or do anything. Like, I mean, it, it, unless it's just be authentic and say what you feel and then you'll event, eventually be surrounded by whatever life has for you. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so what, what, what other, what else can stop you if that's how you approach life? Like you can do whatever you like, you know, I just kind of walk that way and be willing to learn constantly. And I, I don't know what else could, could get, could get in your way. I mean, I guess oh, I love that. I love that too. Yeah. So if you could give one piece of advice to somebody that's just starting jujitsu, what would it be? If you could give one piece of advice to somebody who's in the middle of their jujitsu career and is losing steam, what would you tell them? And lastly, uh, where are the parallels with being an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay. I'll break that down as best I can. Bless uh, you, Taylor. Excuse me. Um, someone just starting out. I would say to them that patience is going to pay off more than any other um, attribute you bring to this. So being patient is a very powerful thing. It's not sexy, but if you can hone in on being patient, it'll probably go a long way. I think that's what I would say to a newer person. Someone in the middle of it, I would talk more about perseverance. So, I mean, that's a little bit obvious, but perseverance, so to come with a lot of patience in mind and then to learn to persevere, like I said, it gets you somewhere. And um, so I would say to that person in the middle, to you know, it's kind of the cliche, keep your chin up, keep, keep going. 
Um, it's it's what any coach tells anybody when they're doing something hard. <laughs> what a horrible coach you'd be to be like, yeah, you could quit if you want. Get out of here. <laughs> um, beat Keep it. going. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's hard, man. It's going to be hard, and, and you're doing it because it's hard, and try and remind them maybe of that. And then as far as business is concerned with those ideas, I would just say, you know, for me, and I'm speaking from a very, you know, new, naive place, but I would just say that for me, like, I'm just um, – going to follow what I believe inside and I'm going to follow my heart more than anything. And, um, I'm, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to compromise if it, if it puts me in a position that I, I don't, I like, I don't not comfortable with. So I just, am trying to be as I'm trying to have my compass calibrated exactly to true North all the time. So if I believe that I'm operating fairly and I believe that I'm doing the right things and I've put in the right necessary things. So for instance, in, in this case, I don't feel like I've put in any effort because I haven't into trying to attract more people. So I'm trying to be honest about that. My compass needs to read honestly in that situation. Um, in other situations where I feel like I've done something positive, then I, I try and allow myself to feel whatever I need to feel off of that as well. So that compass calibration idea, that can carry you quite a long ways, I think. Like, have I been fair in this dealing? Have I done what I needed to do? And the, where this came from is when I was fighting MMA. So after I got into jiu-jitsu for a while, I fought MMA for a little while just because I wanted to know if I could really fight or not, basically. And um, uh, when you get ready to fight, um, at least for me, since I don't like uh, attention very much, like I don't like people looking at me, I'm not interested in performing on a stage or anything, almost just as bad as the fighting thing, actually worse probably in hindsight was this fact that I just had to stand in front of people and do anything. Even if you would have told me to like do anything I could do, like, Hey, you know, sing a tune. I can't sing, but you know, like do something you can do in Try. front of people. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to, you know, do it in front of people. I would be like, no, thank you. Yeah. So how I got over that was to kind of put myself in the mind space that I did everything I can do. I've held up my end of the bargain and I believe in what I've done, Wh whether that's good enough or bad enough. Now I can walk out there with just a completely empty heart, like a, like an open heart to anything that could possibly happen. If I lose, then then I lost and I tried. If I win, then I I lose, or you know, then I won and I tried. But you're you're so free in that way, and you're constantly wrestling with these ideas of have I done enough? What's what's enough? What does that even mean? So if well, this guy ran ten miles every day. You only ran four and a half. Is that enough? Well, you have to have your cal compass calibrated. Did you do enough? You'll and like. Getting a relationship with knowing if you've done enough in all sorts of situations and different things is massive. So I, that's my little compass thing. It's where Curtis, the compass thing came back with Curtis. Like, I, I, I believe in, you know, I didn't even have a compass before I met Curtis, you know. And, uh, like, and, and, and he helped me in a lot of ways understand what I think is fair. He's a very religious person, and he's a very interesting person. Uh, but he, he helped me find my own compass. And so when you have that you're not always going to end up at the right spots. Like the compass doesn't, isn't GPS. It doesn't tell you where to go, but it, it makes you feel a lot better about getting there one way or the other. Cause you know what you've either, you've either done the stuff that you need to do or you haven't. And that's pretty straightforward. So that's how I'm trying to approach this now. And, um, still yep. like learning, obviously the learning thing uh, you gloss by that I do all the time, but that that's, you got to just be open to learning. Anything you think right now could be updated, changed, now, some of your ideas might be essentially perfect. Now, I don't believe in perfection like that, but let, let's say some of your ideas are 99s out of 100. They're maxed out. They're great ideas. And some are very short. You don't have to change your 99s. Like, I think a lot of people go, well, be open to change no matter what. It's like, yeah, if something is better, that's back to the compass. Is it better? Well, let's break out the compass and find, figure it out. Uh, I do a lot of what I call beta testing, which is like I, t I take an idea and then I bring it into the gym and I go, all right, let's just try it over and over again and see what happens. And then we'll, we'll know you won't know with one person or 10 rolls with one person or even one night. But if you beta test enough, you'll know. And mm. then you have to be honest enough to go, Hey, that's working. That's not, I'm going to change that. I'm not, I'm not, I use this word a lot. I'm not dogmatically clung to these ideas. If they're working and they're the best ones I've got, then they, they remain. The second I have better evidence, I'm on to the next thing. Beautiful. There's no point in cleaning, yeah. clinging to old ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's one thing at least that you have going for you, and that oh, is you yeah. have a quality product. Good. Yes. Good. And I think for all entrepreneurs, for all businesses, and especially when you have a trade, having a quality product is it does attack 
attract the audience. It's just about now your question is how do you cast the net? Yeah. And so I uh, will look and, forward to having your compass. I'll tell you and your you, compass will how tell you cast you, yeah. that net. That's for sure. And so hopefully uh, when we invite you back for the podcast, you'll come and you'll have, you know, a bunch of new students. I know, and we'll you'll have be, to do part two with yeah, Nick. We'll be up yeah. optimizing your digital marketing strategy and, and we'll go from there. Good. I yeah. appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah thanks, Nick, thanks, thanks so much for coming, coming in. Yeah. This, is, this has been awesome. See you later, everybody. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.